Would you say you have a peaceful life? What does a peaceful life even look like? I think a lot of us often feel like peace is something that we can never reach. And if we do, it won't last long until something happens to mess it up. We're going to explore this idea in just a few minutes, and I'm so glad you're watching with us. Hi, my name is Ariana, and welcome to Community Christian Anywhere. My name is Ariana, and welcome to Community Christian Anywhere. We are a group of people who join together online to connect with each other and with the God who made us and loves us beyond anything we can comprehend. We know life can be difficult, and peace and quiet aren't things that come easily in the middle of everything going on in the world today. And we want to help you with that. We believe God has called us to love everyone always, and we don't have to physically meet in person to do that. This can be a community you can connect with online, and I hope you'll take that step in connecting with us right now. During the video, you'll see a number on the screen. If at any point you have any questions about what you're listening to or just need someone to talk to you, please text that number. Your message will go out directly to our speaker for today, and they will reach out to you as soon as they are able. If you feel led to reach out and you aren't sure why, this may be God speaking to you. I just want to encourage you to send us a message or even just offer a prayer to God, because no matter what you think about God, we believe He can't stop thinking about you and that He wants to hear from you. If you're watching on one of our Facebook live streams, you can connect with our community right there. If you've never chatted with us before, we really want to hear from you. In fact, we are so excited to hear from you that we will send you a free $10 Grubhub gift card for just chatting with us for the first time. Comment in our chat the words, I love free food, and we'll get you a Grubhub gift card free of charge. Or if you're watching on demand or YouTube, text the words, I love free food to the number on the screen, and we'll make sure to get it to you. I hope you'll take advantage of this, not only because, hey, free food, but also we are so excited to hear from you. We're about to get started with our main idea. So as we begin chatting, let's get ready to hear from God together. What do you think is the appropriate time frame to keep up your Christmas decorations? Is it like a week, 24 hours, six months? And at that point, are you really late or just really early for next year's Christmas? When does Christmas actually have to end? And don't give me any of that Christmas can be in your heart all year long nonsense. I want an answer. When is the Christmas season actually over? I mean, in our live chat right now, you can put your answer in there with everyone else, or if you're watching on demand, you can text me at the number on screen. My name is Nathan, and I demand an answer to this question, so do not disappoint me. Here's why I'm asking. We're still talking about Christmas. For churches around the world, Christmas doesn't end on December 25th. It goes on for 12 more days, hence the 12 days of Christmas. And the conversation we're gonna be having today is actually a continuation of a conversation we started during our Christmas Anywhere experience we shared this week. In case you didn't get the chance to see that experience, it's still available online and you can share it with someone right now to watch it with you. I hope you'll do that. But the basic idea we started discussing was about how expertly and quickly 2020 dismantled so much of what many of us considered to be central to our lives. And originally I thought I was gonna list the numerous ways in which this year has brought stress and uncertainty into our lives, but at this point it feels a little unnecessary. 
I think for years to come, we'll just shorthand, this feels like 2020 all over again. Whether it be the pandemic or the politics or the financial and relational stress we're all living under, or whether it's simply just how completely different our world is and how disorienting that is. Whatever it is for you, nearly all of us have been looking forward to the Christmas season simply for a break. We were hoping for some normalcy to come back into our world. I mean, this year in so many ways has been chaos and stress and uncertainty. But Christmas? I mean, Christmas is, well, it's Christmas! We do the same thing every year. Everyone's in a better mood. The lights and decorations just make you want to curl up with your family in a good movie and be close. It's peaceful. And I really do hope that Christmas did that for you this year. And I certainly hope that our Christmas Anywhere experience gave you the chance to share some of that peace and joy with others. But let me ask you, two days out from Christmas, are you still peaceful? I hope so, but can we also be honest enough to ask the question, how long do you think this peace will last? I mean, is throwing away the 2020 calendar and replacing it with a 2021 one going to actually really fix all the problems that have led us to feeling not peaceful? And here's the biggest question. Is there actually any hope for us to have real and lasting peace? A peace that is not determined by the chaos of our world or our homes or our own lives. Because even if you're not much of a Bible person, I bet you know that core to the story of Jesus' birth is this central promise of Christmas. It's the promise the angel sang of on the night of Jesus' birth. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. The promise of Christmas is the promise of peace on earth. That's what we're gonna be exploring today. If Jesus brought peace on earth and goodwill to men, why don't we experience this all the time? I mean, why do we live with so little peace? Well, I think it's important for us to talk about what the biblical idea of peace really means because so many of us have a bad idea of what peace is. Most of us think of peace in terms of a quiet Christmas evening. Toss on another log on the fire, sip some hot cocoa, watch the snow fall, or in Georgia, whine and complain about how the snow never falls. Listen to some soothing music while cuddled up with someone you love. It's peaceful, right? We tend to equate the words peace and quiet. It's circumstantial. If you want peace, you need quiet. But is this the biblical idea of peace? Well, if you've already watched our Christmas Anywhere experience, you already know that the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And shalom doesn't refer to peace and quiet, but to wholeness. It's this idea of something being made complete or set right. Nothing's missing, no one is left wanting. Shalom can be a sense of well-being in a person. This is why you've heard Jewish men or women greet each other with shalom. It's a wish of well-being and wholeness for another person. Shalom is a more complex peace than quiet. Shalom is about all things in life being made whole and set right. And so when anything in your life, your personal well-being, your relationships, things in society or the world are out of order, well, shalom is broken. So with that in mind, are you experiencing shalom right now? Are you experiencing peace and wholeness? Or is your life more in pieces than in peace. 
The opposite of shalom is a scattered, fragmented life, a life where we scramble to find any kind of peace and quiet we can, mostly by trying to ignore our problems and just find some quiet. The opposite of shalom is crashing on the couch at the end of every day, too worn out to love or serve or connect with anyone, so instead you just binge hours of Netflix or TikTok or endless Facebook scrolling, or you zone out by gaming, or you drink, or you pop a pill, or log on to Pornhub, or some other numbing activity just to find a little rest. But you're not resting. You're medicating. You're not peaceful, you're in pieces. Sound familiar? And in the midst of all this, for the past 2,000 years, the promise of Jesus, the promise of Christmas has been peace on earth and goodwill to men. There's a promise of shalom for you and for me, but it's not found in another video or another pill or another promotion or another family experience that will bring everyone together. It's found in a person. The person who was prophesied hundreds of years before his birth to be the bringer of shalom, the prince of peace and wholeness. His name is Jesus. The word of God given to the prophet Isaiah nearly 800 years before the birth of Jesus. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be a fuel for the fire, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestors, David, for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. The idea of shalom, this whole and complete peace, it's too big for any of us to achieve on our own. There's no amount of self-improvement that can fix all of our world's problems. I mean, you might find inner peace or relational peace, but the hungry aren't fed. Oppressed minorities aren't given justice. The lowly aren't lifted up. The world has not found shalom. And on the other hand, there's no amount of charity or social work or government leadership that can fix the brokenness in you and your relational world. You will not be experiencing shalom. And here's how we all know that's true. If in 2021, all the COVID restrictions go away and in February, a new president is sworn in and suddenly everyone in both parties decides, hey, we're gonna unify. No more divisiveness and infighting. We're working together. If all the problems of 2020 went away tomorrow, your anxiety wouldn't go away. Your bitterness towards that family member wouldn't disappear. The hurtful words they said wouldn't erase from your mind. Your addiction, your codependency, your loneliness and hopelessness wouldn't be gone. There may be quiet, but you won't be at peace. 
because there are too many broken pieces for you to bring to peace on your own. And that would be depressing and terrifying if not for Christmas. Because the promise of Christmas is that 2,000 years ago, a baby born in a cave in the most insignificant part of the world, completely powerless and ignored, was the long-promised Prince of Peace bringing God shalom. The word shalom in verb form means to restore what's broken, to bring wholeness, to set right the wrongs. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, came to our world to pick up all the pieces of our broken world and our broken lives and bring them to peace and to wholeness and to shalom. You see, I think that for many people, the idea of the Christmas story, it feels outdated and too simple of an answer for a complex modern world in the middle of a pandemic. And if that's where you're at, I want you to know that we're so honored you chose to watch this video. And I hope you know that any amount of skepticism or doubts you may have, they're welcome here. This is a community where you can feel free to question and to search for answers without feeling judged or condemned. In fact, I wanna encourage you to text me at the number on screen and let me know some of your questions or doubts. I'd be happy to talk with you about them. Because even beyond the idea of whether or not Jesus is God, I get why the idea of the Christmas story seems too simple for our world. Because many of us were taught that what Jesus came to accomplish on earth was primarily about my personal morality. Jesus came to get us to behave and to act right. I mean, sure, he forgave our sins, but he was most interested in the sin management department. Just be a better person, be a little more Christian. You don't have to be perfect because there's forgiveness, but you still gotta clean it up just a little bit. And if that's what your idea of the good news of Jesus or Christmas is, I can understand why that's not very interesting to you because it wasn't to me either. But when you get a better idea of shalom and the kind of peace on earth Jesus was bringing, I think it's the most attractive offer that exists. Jesus came to restore everything, including you and your relationships, but also our world and the injustice and brokenness in our world. He came to restore every broken piece of our world back to the perfect peace of God. The word that one early follower of Jesus named Paul often used to describe this process of restoration is the word reconcile or reconciliation. Here's how Paul once wrote about it in what many scholars believe is one of the earliest statements of belief of the Christian church. Here's what Paul says. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, in Jesus, meaning God fully inhabited flesh and blood in Jesus. And through him, Jesus, to reconcile, to restore, to make whole, to bring all the pieces to himself, all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace, there it is, through his blood shed on the cross. On the cross, Jesus brought all of the broken pieces of our world, injustice, evil, oppression, poverty, sickness, and all of our personal brokenness, our sins, our addictions, our hurts, our hate and greed and anger and lust. He brought all of those things onto himself and in his blood, he brought wholeness and restoration. He reconciled all the broken pieces of our world back to God through his blood on the cross. Paul in another writing goes as far as to say that in the cross, 
God dealt with sin once and for all so that he's no longer even counting anyone's sins against them. One of my favorite writers, Dallas Willard, used to say, isn't it good news that God no longer deals with us according to our sins? See, the promise of Christmas is not of a silent night where away in a manger the little Lord Jesus sleeps in heavenly peace and no crying he makes. You ever seen a baby the night it's born? It's not much of a silent, no crying he makes kind of night. When my youngest daughter was born, she cried so loudly that a friend of mine who's a nurse in the NICU who came by the next morning said, oh yeah, all the nurses were talking about your baby last night. They'd never heard a baby cry that loud and for that long. She's definitely my baby. She's four now and she still won't stop crying. I've got five females in my house, pray for me. Back to my point. The promise of Christmas is of peace on earth, but it's not of quiet on earth or no problems in life. It's the promise that God is reconciling, restoring, bringing all things back to himself and on the cross, Jesus finished that work. Then that begs a question. Why don't I feel it? Why aren't we living in a world of shalom where everything is whole and complete? Because we believe the wrong version of reality and I, I do too. We don't do what Paul said later in that writing we read earlier. He says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Paul is talking about followers of Jesus. When believers are baptized and raised up out of the water, it's more than just symbolic. Paul says they are literally raised to new life with Jesus. And for those who have had that happen, that's their reality. He says, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Paul is saying, I know you can't physically see it in this world and so it's hard for you to see it as reality, but this is the truest reality. Christ is seated at the right hand of God, which is the posture that royalty would take when they had finished their work or they'd won a war. Christ has finished the work of reconciliation. This is reality. And since you died in your old life to Christ, you too have been raised into this reality. And your real life is with Christ in his kingdom. Reality is not cable news or social media. Reality is not Netflix or certainly Hallmark Christmas movies. Reality isn't controlled by who sits in the White House or in a foreign government. Reality isn't even the fears you have that if you forgive, you'll get walked over. Reality isn't the lies you believe that you are nothing more than your addiction or your debt or your past or your broken marriage or the words your parents said or every evil thing you've ever done. Reality is that Christ is the Prince of Peace, the bringer of Shalom, the reconciler of God and the King of Kings, reigning in power and victory. And when I live as if that's true, I experience peace. And not because I'm ignoring the problems of this world or my life. Don't hear me say that. But because I know that Christ has won the victory over sin, death, and all the evil in me and in our world, and he has invited me to live in the new life of his kingdom. And he has given me the responsibility to join him in bringing the peace and shalom of God to everyone. This good news that because God's goodwill is directed toward all people, there is now peace on earth in Christ Jesus our Lord. On the cross, Jesus accomplished the work of peace for us. 
Through the body and blood of Christ, God has reconciled all of the broken pieces of our world and our lives back to Him. And every week when we gather together, we take part in communion to remember this amazing act of love. We use this emblems of bread and juice to remember the body and blood of Jesus given for us. If you plan on receiving the elements of communion today, would you go ahead and get whatever you have in hand right now? You can use anything, a piece of bread or a cracker to remember the body of Jesus, and a cup of juice or even water to remember the blood of Christ. If you're watching and you're not sure you believe all that we do, I get it all might seem strange, but I want to encourage you to use this time to reflect on all you've heard today. Is it possible that true peace and wholeness are available in Jesus? Maybe use this time to reach out to us through text or reach out to God in prayer. I believe He can't wait to hear from you. For followers of Jesus, let's take the bread. This is the body of Jesus given for you to forgive your sins and offer you a new life. Let's eat and remember. And now the cup. This is the blood of Christ poured out to reconcile us to God and offer us life forever in His kingdom. Let's drink and remember. For whenever we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the power of Jesus' death and resurrection until He returns. Amen. Here's why most of us don't experience peace on earth in our lives. Because we keep living as if one more thing has to happen for there to be peace. Once the election is over, once the pandemic is over, once my kids are grown and out of the house, once that person finally apologizes and owns up to what they did, well, then I can have peace. And see, when our minds are fixed on thoughts like that, we're not living as Paul told us to, to fix our minds on the realities above us where Christ has already accomplished the work of peace and reconciliation. Paul would later write about the reconciling work of Jesus and use this curious phrase, for he, meaning Jesus, himself is our peace. Jesus doesn't just bring peace, but he himself is peace. Peace is not found through one more argument where you prove your point and they see how wrong they are. Peace is not found through getting the respect and admiration you've worked so hard for. Peace is not found in the government or through a law being passed. Peace, wholeness, is found in the presence of Jesus. There is no path to peace. Jesus is peace. And through his death on the cross, there is nothing that separates you from peace with God and peace with others other than you. God has already done everything from his side to reconcile us to God. And so you are not too broken or too messed up or too anxious or depressed or you've done too much to ever live in the shalom-filled kingdom of God with Jesus. Because on the cross, Jesus made peace between God and people in his blood. There is nothing that separates us from God or one another other than ourselves. And if you're watching this and you're realizing that maybe for the first time. Would you reach out to me through text? I believe God might be speaking to you right now and trying to tell you there is nothing that separates you from Him and the life of wholeness He wants to offer you. The only thing holding you back is you, and it's not too late. Don't let 2020 be the year of the pandemic or division in our country. For you, let 2020 be the year you were made right with God and found the wholeness of God for your life. The only thing that holds you back is you. 
So text the word decision right now, and I'll be happy to talk with you. But for those of you who have already decided to follow Jesus, you have been called to be a peacemaker, a shalom bringer. Jesus is inviting us to bring the peace on earth that he accomplished on the cross to every environment we're in. And remember, we're not making anyone give us peace or taking it for ourselves. Jesus has already made peace. We are manifesting Jesus' peace, meaning to move it from just a heavenly spiritual reality to something that exists in us and through us. And Paul told followers of Jesus how. He said, first, we set our minds not on what we see around us, but on the reality that Jesus has already accomplished the work of bringing peace through his death on the cross. There's nothing left to be done. And Paul says, in light of that reality, this is how followers of Jesus should live. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. And I think all, those, all of us really like those virtues most of the time. But there's something in us that says, okay, but there are times when being patient, forgiving, being gentle, it's just not gonna work. Some of these 2020 problems, you can't be patient. We need to power up and get things done. The only way to change someone's mind and show them how wrong they are is to battle it out. The only way to bring peace to my life and my family in this world is for me to get it done. I mean, if you're humble and gentle, you're gonna get walked over. Well, only if you don't believe that everything that was necessary for peace to come to earth was accomplished on the cross. If you still feel you've got battles to be won on your side, fights that are necessary to change people's minds, if you think you have to power up to get things done, then you think you're the one doing the work. But remember, you're not. Jesus has already accomplished it. Our job is to point to Jesus as the answer to peace, and how we do that is through compassion, kindness, humility, patience, forgiveness. And then Paul adds, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. Because Jesus is our peace, and we have been called to live in peace just as he lived. And the good news of Christmas is that Jesus is Emmanuel. This, this is a name given to Jesus even before his birth that means God with us. In the person of Jesus, God came to accomplish the work of peace in his own death. Emmanuel is our peace. He is always with us. So wherever we go, we bring Emmanuel's peace with us. Ed challenged us a month ago or so to see ourselves as reconcilers in disguise. We were challenged to join Jesus in the work of reconciliation he accomplished on the cross. Can I challenge you today to make your goal for 2021 to bring the peace of Jesus to whatever environment you're in? I have four children three of whom who have special needs. My home is not a peace and quiet kind of place. And there are times that this is so overwhelming because I worry about their future and I feel all the inner chaos they often live in and I wonder, will there ever be peace here? And often I, I enter into their chaos trying to overpower it or outsmart it or fix it and often they're the ones who end up getting hurt or I'm the one who ends up getting frustrated and feeling defeated because I can't fix it. But occasionally, I hear the voice of Jesus say, it's not your job to fix it, 
It's your job to live in my peace and my patience and my gentleness. And when I do, something supernatural happens. The presence of Jesus is more easily felt in my home. I manifest the peace of God in my body and for my family, and it brings peace and wholeness to the brokenness of my children and myself and my entire family. And you can do the same. In your home, bring peace. I know your marriage isn't perfect and your kids aren't perfect and you could spend your time waiting on them to change or you could bring peace. You could live in the reality that Jesus has reconciled your home to him and just love and serve like Jesus leads you to. At your work, in your school, in your neighborhood, with people who get on your nerves or who have hurt you in the past, in our world, in areas of racial injustice or poverty or broken systems that are not the way Jesus would have it, would you bring the peace of Jesus on earth? Because we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to live broken, fragmented lives searching for peace in this life. For God is with us. Emmanuel, no matter what situation you face, no matter what person fills your heart with dread or stress and anxiety, Jesus is with you and he is our peace. He is bringing all the broken pieces of our world into his peace. That's the promise of Christmas. Through Jesus, there is peace on earth. So in 2021, let there be peace, but let it start with you and with me. One star burns in the darkness, shines with a promise, Emmanuel. One child born in the stillness, living within us, Emmanuel. We're singing glory, start in me. One voice speaks for the voiceless, hope for the hopeless, Emmanuel. One love brings us together, now and forever, Emmanuel. We're singing Be afraid, he's love.
start in me for singing glory glory let there be peace let there be peace for singing glory glory let there be peace let it start in me let there be let it start in me. Living with true peace is not something we have to wait for. The work of peace is already done. All we have to do is choose to live in what Jesus has done for us. But this can be really hard to do on our own. That's why having a community is so important which is why we want this experience to be more than just content you consume. We hope you'll take a step in our community right now. If you'd like to talk with someone about that, text the number on the screen so you can begin a conversation with our speaker today. One easy step I can walk you through right now is locating resources you can use throughout your week on our website. Visit us at cccanywhere.com and you'll find resources designed just for you and your children. You'll also find ways you can support our church financially if you feel led to do so. Not because we need your money, but because supporting the body of Christ means that sometimes we need to give to care for and serve others. Another great way you can connect with us is by joining our Facebook group. If you visit our website at cccanywhere.com and click the card that says join our Facebook group, it will take you straight to our Community Christian Anywhere Facebook group. There you'll see the join group button. We would love for you to click that and be part of our community. And right now we're going to leave the chat open for about five minutes after this video ends so you can connect with others before you log off. I hope that today will not be your last interaction with us because God did not create us to do life alone. And together we can live in the true peace that Jesus won for us. So as you go through your week, I hope you'll remember that no matter what you think about God, He can't stop thinking about you.